Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with New York Times and USA Today best-selling author Vicki Pedersen, whose latest book, a relentless psychological thriller titled Swerve, is being released today. Vicki, welcome. Thank you so much. I read Swerve, and it's one of those books that grabs you by the throat on, like, the third page and doesn't let you go until you finish. Kudos to you. Fantastic book. Oh, darn it. I was trying for the first page. <laughs> third, third page is too far in. Sorry about that. And that's third digital page, so it's like third uh, thumb tap. So maybe, oh. that is, maybe that is the first page. All right. Well, I'm going to pretend it's... I'm, pretend, I'm just going to pretend you said first. Because <laughs> that's what I do. I just pretend. <laughs> Key to a happy life. That's right. All right. A couple of blurbs that I saw on Amazon. One of them from a friend of the show, Taylor Stevens, who called it a nonstop thrill ride. And another from Kim Harrison, who summed the book up in four words, one twisted, horrifying ride. That's pretty darn accurate. <laughs> Yeah, both of those uh, writers make stuff up too, though. So I That's don't know. True. They do. <laughs> I don't know how much I would. But no, no, they're very generous, and they both uh, read the book and agreed to blurb it. And I am uh, I, eternally grateful. And yeah, it, it it is twisted and horrifying, and that was my uh, that was my goal. <laughs> All right, now you can describe the book for us, but please use more than four words. I could do, um, let me try to use six words. Uh, <laughs> one woman, one road, one killer. <laughs> That's well it. I mean, I, I had that, I had uh, that as my log line or my premise, you mm-hmm. know, um, taped to my computer for months, years, <laughs> forever, for as long as I was writing the book. And, um, and every single page, every single line uh, was worked and reworked with the intent of just, uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, moving the book forward. And, and my goal was to have it as a one sitting read. I thought that is the hardest book in the world to write one, especially now in the digital age. And, uh, when we're competing with, uh, television and cable and music and, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many, uh, entertainment options out there. Uh, just trying to keep the reader's eye on the page is very difficult. It's, it's harder now than it was when I started writing. So I, um, that was a huge technical challenge for me. And I really wanted to, uh, I wanted it to be a one sitting read. So, um, yeah, again, I, I wrote it and rewrote it, uh, with an eye towards cutting anything that wouldn't continue to draw the reader forward. And for listeners, give us a sense of where this drive starts and what the purpose of the drive originally was. To do that, I, I, I might talk a little bit about the inspiration uh, okay. behind it. I'm from Las Vegas, and uh, every summer uh, I try to escape this mm-hmm. boiling pit, <laughs> which is where I am right now, and um, uh, drive to California where, you know, the, the beach cities, it's, it's basically Nirvana. There's, you know, Disneyland and all these wonderful things in California, but first you have to get there. And in order to do so, you have to take the I-15 through really inhospitable 
territory and a really actually boring ride. I mean, it's a straight shot, but it's hot. There's always cars broken down on the side of the road because they've overheated. <laughs> and, um, and I grew up hearing stories about people who would get trapped in the desert or get stranded and lost and uh, ultimately perish because, you know, they didn't have any water and yet the road or help was only over the next bend. Like they were literally so dehydrated and uh, sick mm. from the sunstroke uh, that, um, they would they would die and, and help was only minutes away. So that was, you know, always in the back of my mind, I guess. I, I kept it there. Those are just the sort of tales you, you grow up hearing in, when you live in the desert. So um, I was driving uh, down the 15 and uh, one year, and I thought, what in the world could make this worse? I'm in the middle of the, you know, I'm in the car in the middle of the summer. What would make this worse? And I thought, oh, I know, being chased by a madman. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty much the only thing that could make this drive worse. And that was the kernel. And that is basically what happens to Christine Rush in my story. She um, uh, has an you know, emergency stop at the rest stop with her husband or her fiance as she's uh, going through the desert. They're going to Lake Arrowhead to cel- celebrate the 4th of July weekend. They make a quick pit stop at this rest area, which I find creepy as all get out. So of course it had to open a book like this. Mm-hmm. And, um, when she emerges again, he's gone and he's been abducted and, and the story is, you know, her getting him back. That was something else that really interested me is, is a, a woman. I mean, you see these stories where the man has all the agency and he's fighting to get his woman back or, <laughs> you know, and I thought, how would a woman handle this situation if, you know, she were thrown into, you know, this propulsive situation? So in her back, we're literally up against the wall because it is in that opening scene. And so, um, yeah, I, did. I threw in all of the all of the worst possible things that could possibly happen to this poor girl. And I just wanted to see what she would do. Yeah, and then you threw all the things that the worst possible things that could happen in in the beginning, and then you just kept lobbing hand grenades at her throughout the book. It was really astonishing. Just when you think, <laughs> okay, I can catch my breath here for a few seconds, some other horrible thing happens that came right out of left field. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that the way you are? Is this yeah. just the way you are? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terribly short answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, you're not... Oh, you know, I honestly, um, I read what it was, it was in story. It was Robert McKee's story years and years ago. He Mm -hmm. had written, um, you know, what is the very best possible thing that could happen to your character and then, you know, make that the worst. And then he also said, conversely, what is the worst possible thing that could happen to your character and make that the best. And I have worked on that over the past decade. I mean, I've always had that element. I'm like, you know, uh, the girl, you know, climbs out on a ledge and, you know, this is the worst possible place. There's nowhere for her to go. And then all of a sudden, you know, she has, for instance, with my very first series, superpowers. I mean, that's how I knew she was a superhero in this, this paranormal series I'd written previously. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I play across those, those lines, uh, pretty regularly. And yeah, I just, I, and I keep imagining, you know, what is the worst possible thing that could happen here? Oh my, Oh, let's do that. <laughs> that'll, that'll keep them reading. <laughs> is this your first traditional thriller? It is. It is my first thriller. It's it's odd because I have a six-book urban fantasy series that I started out with. Very action-packed and very, you know, I mean, uh, outside of the supernatural remove, it's 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 pretty much a thriller. Um, and then I have a trilogy uh, that I wrote after that, and that's mystery. So, you know, I've been um, sharpening my teeth on these, these uh, stories with paranormal elements and these supernatural elements. And uh, I I can tell you quite honestly, I don't believe I could have written Swerve, you know, seven years ago 
mm-hmm. uh, when I first started writing, um, I needed to write and write a lot in order to write this big of a book. I mean, it really is a, a leap. And, um, and when I was writing it, it was a huge leap because actually I, I really, I failed my first draft. I did not write a, um, propulsive or a compelling book and I needed help, you know, figuring out why that was. And so I rewrote it until, until it was. So, you know, the story was there, but it was just not, it was not compelling. And so I had to repurpose my writing for the thriller market. And, uh, I think that's why I was so, but it was such a technical challenge. And I mean, I, I really work at my best when, you know, I have something to kind of rub up against and hone my skills. And so I had the time to do it and I really wanted to do it right. And so, uh, this is the first book though, that I can say that I did precisely what I wanted to do. Are all of your other books, do they have the, the similar element of sort of a woman ag- against whatever and uh, the, the heroic character being uh, a female? Yeah, it, um, basically in every woman thrown into an impossible situation. Uh, I like that. Mm-hmm. And especially with Swerve, though, there being no supernatural remove, I had to be particularly careful only because every single person, not just woman, but every single person out there would say, well, that's not what I would do in that situation. For instance, you know, I have her at this abandoned water park that actually exists on the I-15. Really? <laughs> okay. Yes. Now that's oh, even yes. creepier now that I know that. <laughs> oh, it's so creepy. I, I took, I actually uh, came back from California yesterday and I passed it and it's even, it's just, it's just foul. It's, <laughs> but when I was a kid, it was open, like it wasn't abandoned yet. And I wanted to go there. My parents would never stop. So I don't, it, again, it's one of those things that just stuck in my head from my childhood, um, that I could later mine to create this story. But, um, but back to your question, yes, uh, I have an every woman thrown into these impossible situations, but with Swerve, I had to make sure that everything, uh, was very realistic because every single person would go, well, I would or would not do that. So in the water park and it's dark, uh, she has a cell phone. So, you know, why wouldn't she pull that out and use it to, you know, see, you know, her way to, you know, to get to her goal. So, and so I had to address all those tiny little, little things throughout the, uh, the manuscript because somebody will catch you. <laughs> now, <laughs> you, know? you mentioned before that you wrote urban fantasy. I read a lot of mystery. I read a lot of thrillers. I don't even mm-hmm. know what urban fantasy is. Can you even, can you just describe that or define it uh, for our listeners? Uh, urban fantasy is fanny, fantasy set in a world, real world setting and usually a city. Okay. So uh, Charlene Harris's Suki Stackhouse series, which is True Blood, mm-hmm. um, it's not an urban setting. However, that's urban fantasy. So you have creatures, you know, of the night. You know, it's vampires, werewolves. My case, superheroes, because I hadn't seen any superheroes in prose, and it's just you know fantastical. Uh, but uh, for people who are of that mind and, and like those type of stories, it's you know that they. Can and say, what would I do? What would I do if I were, you know, unwittingly, unknowingly a, a superhero who is a part of this unrealized supernatural world? So, uh, honestly, I had started that first book, and I had no idea that it was supernatural. I had no idea she was a superhero. It was just the third chapter, somebody popped up and said, you're a superhero. And I thought, oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> and, and then I just followed it, and uh, she was. So I just went with it. <laughs> But I, oddly, I read uh, thrillers and mysteries mostly. Um, I don't read supernatural fiction as much as you, you think. I, I'll read a few people, but uh, uh, it's few, few and far between. 
All right. Now, I was at your website earlier today doing my exhaustive research for the show, mm-hmm. and I saw it's kind of a funny line, um, a little bit of your path to becoming an overnight success, which I found fascinating. First, I like the term overnight success because I think it took maybe a little bit longer than overnight, but you have, you have an interesting background. So uh, do you mind sharing a little bit of that with listeners? Oh, sure. Uh, well, I... Um... I have an obsessive personality in that when I get uh, interested in something, I uh, am basically a pit bull and I won't stop it, but yet it comes out of nowhere. So, you know, I, I think it was the day after I turned 26, I decided I was going to write a novel, not, you know, a short story. I'm going to write a novel Mm -hmm. and I'm going to write it today. (laughs) And I've been (laughs) truly obsessed with it every day. So I'm like, I know how to read. I can write a book. And, uh, so, um, I thought, Oh, it'll take no time at all. Maybe six months tops. Mm -hmm. And mind you, I've I've done this before. I did it with dancing. I did it with tennis. I did it, you know, with all of these things that are are kind of intricate, like take more than, you know, a a single skill set to, to pull off. And, uh, anyway, yeah. So eight years later, (laughs) (laughs) I had my million words. Um, but, you know, while I was writing, again, I, I'm a Vegas girl, so born, born, raised, and reared here. And uh, I'm also uh, fortunate to be about 5'11". And uh, when you're tall and young and in Vegas, uh, people don't say, no, oh, you should be, you know, a model. Or they say, you should be a showgirl. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to go do that. I'm just, I'm just going to do that. And uh, there was actually a learning curve to that, too, which we won't get into here. But... <laughs> I figured it out, and that's what I did in order to get through college, finish up college, and uh, when I was writing in the daytime. So I would uh, write actually where I'm sitting right now in my kitchen uh, in the daytime with my cats, all very quiet. I, I don't write to music or anything like that. And uh, and then at night, I would go, and there would be lights and friends and gay boys and costumes and audience, and people <laughs> clap for you, which uh-huh. is really cool in a job. Not everybody has a job where people clap for you, so I, I miss that. <laughs> And that's how I that's that's how I gained the time and space to um, you know be able to focus on words and stories and, and figure it out. So it was probably kind of nice then to just be able to sit at the table in the quiet and write and and learn this new craft that you learned overnight in eight years. Overnight in eight years is, is precisely how I did it. Yes, and I'm still learning. You know, I mean, I, I mean, again, a few million more words in now, but I'm still learning. Boy. And that's why you read, you know, that's why I mm-hmm. read so widely, widely. I'm, I'm really on a Stephen King kick right now. Um, I don't know what it is, but his work is speaking to me more than it, it has in previous years. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you a secret. I read, uh, uh, I had finished Swerve and I read, I think it was Full Dark, No Stars. There's uh, the Gingerbread Girls, a short story in there. And his short story work is like pristine. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and I had read it and it was the same sort of, chase story as Swerve, and he had these uh, um, one-liners. He would go forward in a chapter and pick out something like, she should have seen it coming, or, you know, and I'm, that's, that's not oh. it, but, but for, for example. Mm-hmm. And then, but he put it at the front of the scene, and it weren't, wasn't chapters, because again, it was a short story, not long enough to be sh- chapters. And, uh, and I said, I wonder if that would work for longer fiction. And so if you look in Swerve, and each chapter, 
I have pulled out a line from the oncoming chapter, and it propels the reader forward. I don't know if that worked for oh, you. Oh, absolutely. You saw I saw it. I yeah. noticed it. And, I, I, you know, I don't think I noticed it until maybe the fifth or sixth chapter, but then all of a sudden it's like, okay, then I started looking for it. <laughs> you know, wh- where is this going to show up? And that's what I did in this short story. So that is an example of how you steal from other writers. You know, you don't steal their stories. You don't steal their, you know, characters or ideas or anything. But technique like that mm-hmm. is incredible. And, and to, to go to a master, he's, he's forgotten more things about writing than most people ever learn. So, you know, that's that's who I'm reading right now. But so, yeah, I thought I'd share that because that's, that's how somebody, you know, even though I have you know, 10 books now on the shelves, I'm still, you know, figuring it out. And a New York Times bestseller and a USA Today bestseller, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as all as an overnight success. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it was really easy. <laughs> <laughs> Writing is easy except for the paperwork. That's what I always say. You've used that line before. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I know. I've always, I always say that. All right, Vicki, the book's coming out today. The title is Swerve. Where can people get it? Uh, Everywhere, uh, Barnes and Noble, before your brick and mortar, and online, uh, anywhere you like to shop for books. And you can also get access to different bookstores through your website, uh, which is, and you're, you're going to have to spell this. I will link this up in the show notes, so don't drive off the road trying to take a note if you're driving and listening. But the spelling of Vicki's last name is not what you might expect. So go ahead and give us the URL if you would. Sure. It's oh, so it's vickypetterson.com and it's uh, v i c k i p e t t e r s s o n dot com. That is it. So the book is available everywhere fine books are sold, and including uh, the Rainbow Barnes and Noble, where you will be tonight, July seventh, for a not yep. only an event but a, an event with cookies. Oh yes. So, <laughs> yes, I love to, you know, I, I love my readers and uh locally, you know, it's not just uh readers, it's you know, friends and family and and uh, it's always it's always fun, but I'll do a meet and greet and I, I try to do this in most cities, uh a meet and greet with readers beforehand. So about an hour and a half beforehand, you know, so I can know them too. It's not really fair that everybody <laughs> knows who I am and I don't know who they are. And 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 it's great because I can put names to faces and, you know, online, you know, um avatars and such. However, in, in the past, I've had, you know, cake or cupcakes or, you know, really fabulous. There's a fabulous local uh, bake shop called Showboy Bake Shop. <laughs> and they really are showboys because I was a showgirl. And I'm like, if these people are not showboys, I am not going to get my cupcakes here. But they are. <laughs> and they were. So anyway, <laughs> I, I digress. Um, so in the past, I've had them, you know, make something for me. But uh, I've been getting so much heat online, uh, especially on my Facebook uh, page, my personal page where I hang out uh, from readers because I can't cook. I mean, I really can't. I burn things regular. I burn water, and they know it. And, I'll, and it's my own fault in part because I, I take pictures and I put them online, and, and then they make fun of me. And they're just like, keep, stick to writing. So I'm going to redeem myself. I'm going to bake cookies to, tonight, and I'm going to, you know, and, you know, and if they die, they can't tell anybody anyway. So yeah, and you, so you may be up. We're recording this on the sixth. It's going to go live on the seventh. So you may be up until like six in the morning on the fourteenth batch of cookies before you get one that you're satisfied with. But I'll never tell. I'll never tell. It'll be always the first one was perfect. Yeah. All right. So that is July seventh. Then you're going to be at Thriller Fest, the ninth through the eleventh in New York. 
in New York City. And then on the 14th, you're going to be in Houston with uh, someone we mentioned before, Taylor Stevens, with a joint book signing at Murder by the Book in Houston. That's right. I love that indie store. I love it so much. I uh, I usually go there and I'll sign a bunch of books, but I buy more <laughs> than I sell. So mm-hmm. uh, that's it's a sad truth, but I don't care. I, I, I love that. And if anybody's in the area, um, please come see us because Taylor is fantastic. And, and my, uh, you know, my husband and I are big fans of Taylor Stevens. I introduced him and now we fight over the books and Ah. yeah, I I think he likes, (laughs) he likes her books better than he likes my books. He's, but he's not allowed to say it. So he he has to sleep next to me (laughs) and he doesn't want to do it with his eyes open. So Oh, yeah. There is a certain amount of pressure there, especially if he has read any of your books. That's right. That's, and he has. So he's, he's a wise man. He's not. All right, Vicki, we've mentioned Facebook. We've mentioned your website. What's the best way for people to keep up with what you're doing? You know, I love uh, the website's great. I keep it updated. Um, I have a newsletter that will come directly to your inbox, directly to you. So uh, that's always a good way to just get, you know, the vital information. But if you want to hang out and chit chat with me or, uh, you know, just uh, talk to me about how you like the book, not how you don't like it, because that's not, <laughs> I, I don't really want to hear that. But, <laughs> but uh, my personal Facebook page, um, which is linked to my like page, uh, that's where I hang out a lot. And I'll talk talk to readers. And I get to, uh, you know, eavesdrop on other people's lives as well. I don't like my like page on Facebook because I can't see my readers. Again, it's not a two-way thing. But over lunch, I'll, I'll uh, look on my reader's Facebook page. And I'm like, oh, I like their baby. Oh, <laughs> oh I like their vacation. And, and they're like, holy crap, Vicki Pedersen just <laughs> liked my kid. So yeah, and I do. I like all the kids. <laughs> well, after they read this book, they might be a little terrified if you see their. I know they get defriended. See their children, yes, get yes, a lot of defriending. <laughs> well, I will link to both your website and your personal Facebook page in the show notes. Vicky, it's been great chatting with you. Oh, Stephen, thank you so much. Such a pleasure. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating or review. Those will help other readers find great new books like Swerve from Vicki Pedersen. Thanks for listening.